Hello, welcome back. This is uh, my second time trying to record this. I got a little bit too passionate about the subject I'm going to be talking about today. <laughs> so, when I created this podcast, I was reading over the rules and everything, and for my podcast to stay on basically the other platforms, including Apple Music and everything, Apple Podcast, I mean, um, I don't think I'm allowed to swear, <laughs> which, um, which kind of sucks because I don't know how to edit on this app. I'm using an app called Anchor. Okay, enough about me. Again, this is take two, so I'm going to try to recatch what I was thinking. Um, oh, yes. I know what I was talking about now. <laughs> what I was discussing and what I was talking about in my first take of the podcast was all about, well... I guess I can start off with the general explanation. Is every day in this world we live in, there are things that you see out your window on the news, kind of like I said before. But I wouldn't say it's glorified. It's definitely not glorified, but... I think we've just become so accustomed to, because the big things that do get on the news is governments and all this other stuff, right? So one of the biggest things that I've realized, that I've even done myself, until I became aware of it, was when we see things or we hear things, because the biggest ones are usually behind a 3D, how do I say that? Hierarchy? I don't know if that's the right word. But simplified version. So when we look at the government or anything, or even a TV show, I don't know. That one, maybe not so much, but maybe someone needed to hear that. So when we look at something, because it's not viewed globally or by the mass collective as one person or say it's one person but because they stand in a position where they have a title when we hear about things or when we know about things that are done negatively yes those people are higher up but also there's things going on in our own communities that are just as heinous and that are just as terrible as it's going on upstairs in the big world. And I feel because we've been desensitized by having a bigger outlook on creating two perspectives. There's the big bad boys versus us. Well, That's just all power play. But at the same time, it creates a disillusionment 
to when things happen in our communities or things happen in general in the world because we have a bad taste of what the big boys do and how easy it is just to chalk it up to the big boys and big corporations we forget that within those corporations and everything there's people like you and me oh yeah <laughs> it could be your neighbor well yeah <laughs> depends on where you live but still there's so many people that are in these big corporations that because they're so globalized because they're so forefront to the public lap <laughs> public eye it's easier to blame them and just like in the movies you know they're our villain and we as a community are is it the protagonist or the antagonist I don't even know right now but so okay going off of the movie scenario so let's just say it's a superhero movie. The big boys, the big corporations, they're the villain. Then we have the common folk. Those aren't the people I'm talking about today. Those are the people that are passive aggressive, working the nine to five grind, all that stuff. The people that I'm talking about in movies are portrayed as superheroes. Yes, I am thankful that people have the courage to go and stand up for what they believe in. But I think because there's so much desensitization, ugh, you know the word, <laughs> to the fact that, you know, we almost idolize these people as superheroes. But... We're not living in a movie. We're living in a real world with real people, have real emotions, and we all are just trying to figure out where the heck to go. What the heck to do with ourselves? Are we gonna make that paycheck? Are we gonna make those bills? Are we gonna have enough money to not only support ourselves, but our children, our grandparents when they get older? And the point of the fact is, those people we call superheroes, I agree with people that stand up for what's right, as long as they're doing it in a way that respects everyone. But a couple weeks ago, I was sitting in my living room, just like I said. You can see things from within your own house. Now, of course, everybody knows the hierarchy. There's people that live well, and there's people that can't, can't even make a meal. And where I live, there's a lot of people that are struggling. And the heinous act I witnessed was because my neighbors and my community have been fed up 
with the amount of people that are struggling in my area. I saw one of my neighbors stop for a street sign. Sorry, I'm just going to let the traffic pass. I saw one of my neighbors, I don't know who it is, I haven't gotten to know my neighbors yet, but I've seen their car frequent down my street. They stopped for the stop sign. There was a lady that walked across the street. She checked both ways. And as soon as she walked right in front of that guy or person's car, I don't know, I just use guy just easily. But that person, my neighbor, he put his foot to the gas pedal and almost hit her and stopped inches before hitting her. And for me, I've never seen that. I've heard stories of people mistreating other people, but I'd never seen it with my own eyes. Like I said, we get desensitized to it in the news, seen it on TV, but never have I seen it so close to home. But on top of that, it was within my community and someone who lived, is it a kilometer? I don't know, within a kilometer of me. I, that's probably way too big, <laughs> but still. The matter of the fact is, when we see stuff like that, first th thought that comes to your mind, oh, it's the world we live in, who do we look to blame? The police? What, are the, the police supposed to go and put these people in check when all she was doing was crossing the street? No. We need to bring awareness to the fact that it is not some big bad enemy. It is the people like you and I that are fed up. I'm getting very passionate about this. Because <laughs> um, I actually emailed... I sent emails to three news stations, all within my community and within the vicinity because I'm in a smaller area of a bigger portion of where I live. So I sent it to three big main media, well, news, and I wrote a very, very passionate letter about this needs to be brought to light. I understand that it's hard to hear and you know what? People don't want to believe that it's not some big monster. I mean, so I, I've had some really traumatic events in my life happen. I've had things happen to me that in this day and age has become very normal in a very sad way. But they were perpetrated by people like you and me. 
And I can see that that door has been slowly cracked open. But it hasn't actually been fully slammed open. For the, I know it's probably going to get controversial. But until something happens to you, or people within your family, or people who you care about, or who you hold dear, these things I'm discussing, are very dear and very important. But because we live in a society where if it doesn't happen to you, you just hear about it on the news, or in your communities, it's almost like it doesn't even matter. Because of the fact, yes, we do live in a world where it's almost impossible to survive. And so we're all trying to survive. We all are. There's no doubt about it. But at what point does it stop being individually surviving within our own families or within our oneself to understanding that if we're really going to work together and make it equalness, where we can all survive and we can all truly work on what we want to as a population, we need to start working together. We need to start understanding that yes, it will be tough. This world's gonna fight back. Mm -hmm. There's gonna be people that have just gotten so tired from trying to survive that they don't feel like they can make a difference. They work the nine to five, they do the grind. They haven't seen really a change. And you know what, if I wasn't me and if I was someone else, you know what, I'd probably be in the exact same boat. But because of how I grew up, and because of how much I had to fight to have my own voice, and to now be 22, and have my own voice, you know what? I'm gonna be honest. I don't have very much money. I do live paycheck to paycheck because for me, it's not about the money. If I have enough to stabilize myself, my cat, that's all I need because I am dedicating my life to helping others. And I understand that yes, I'll need money. But money doesn't rule the world. Society tells us money rules the world. And it can. If we give it the power. But what we really need to do. Is give the power back to ourselves. The people in our communities. Because the more we take away the power from our, the people in our communities the more we lack power as a collective. The more we stay separate, the more we disconnect. The more we lose hope. I can say for myself, 
I've had to make a lot of hard life choices and cut a lot of people out of my life. And it's tough. It's tough to wake up one day and realize those people, for me, I didn't have very many people growing up. But then to get to the point where you wake up, you look around, you look at yourself, you really take a hard look at yourself and you say, is this really where I wanted to be right now? Is it? I mean, I understand for me, everything happens for a reason and I'm so happy to have all the things that have happened to me because it has allowed me to stand right here, well, walk, (laughs) walk right here, right now, and fight for what I believe in. I'm not fighting for power. I'm not fighting for, you know, (laughs) status. I'm not fighting for an award. Not fighting for to be rich. All I'm fighting for what I'm truly at the honestly at the end of the day fighting for fighting for you fighting for me I'm fighting for our future children but one of the things I really have to ask you the more we put it in the perspective of changing the world for our children Yes, I understand that we still have a lot of work to do. Really do. It's going to be tough. But if we work together, we don't have to die like this. Take a look at the way your life is right now. Young or old, I don't really care. Because you know what? Up until the day we die... We're living in a state of being. Every moment, right here, right now, when I'm recording this and when you hear this, this is a moment, a pivotal moment to choose. Is this truly what we want? Is this the life we want to live until the very last day we breathe? For me, I say that if I died right now, right now, as long as I get to hit upload, (laughs) I would be happy. I would be really happy because even though I haven't brought much to this world, I mean I have, I brought a lot to the people in my close vicinity and to you who listen to these podcasts and to the people that will get to see my art, my pictures, my book that I still have to publish. I'm very proud to say that even if something did happen, I've done a lot. Now the question I ask you is if you died within the next five minutes. Have you done everything you've wanted to do? Are you proud of who you are right now? Are you proud of the things you've done? The words you've said? People you've loved? 
people you've had to leave behind because you knew that the best option for you both was to part ways? Growing up, even though my world was hectic and I didn't really understand where I was going and my mind was always focused on the next day and getting through the day. I have this memory, well, it's not a memory, it's more of a feeling. I know from a very young age, I had this feeling that, I don't know, it sounds crazy, but I always felt like I wasn't going to make it to age 22. Was it 20? I don't even remember. <laughs> and until a year or two ago, I was really struggling with a lot of health issues. I mean, nothing fully life-threatening, but it was building. And then last year, the feeling came back strong after not being there for a very long time. I think the last time I consciously remembered it was before my mom passed away, when I was nine. And not this summer, but the summer before. I was graciously gifted with the opportunity to go back to where I grew up. I was nervous, but I went up to the door of the house that my mom passed away. And I was greeted by this beautiful woman. And we talked and I finally got to see my room I hadn't seen in so long. When I lost my mom, Everything had changed. I had to grow up really fast. I put it all on myself, though. But that was the day that everything changed. And for so long, I, I was in this altered perception of the world and who I was and what I had to do. And the things I was doing, I wasn't very proud of. <laughs> It's not that they were bad, well, fully bad. But I wasn't, I wasn't living the way I wanted to live. I wasn't being who I wanted to be. I wasn't even feeling like I could dream. And so when I went back, it triggered something in me. That feeling came back. It took a while. It took probably about a month, and it came back. And it didn't scare me. It didn't scare me at all. It more felt like an acceptance of just, you know, and my birthday was creeping up too. And so I went there in August and my birthday's in April. So between that time, everything was coming back. I reconnected with my mom who passed, it, passed away you know, that door had been opened up again. And I think the peace of just finally being able to close that door and open a new one, of feeling the emotions again, again 
I remembered. I remembered that we all are on borrowed time. One of the saddest things that's so widely talked about, but it's not really taken to heart at any minute, any minute, something could happen to us. And we're just all so caught up in this world of trying to survive. But the thing is, what if we don't survive another five minutes? What if we honestly don't? And it's, it's one of the hardest things to accept. You know, there's still a lot of things I want to do. I want to get married. I want to have kids. I want to change the world. It's not as crazy as it sounds. One small step at a time, right? But that's why it's difficult to remember. It's really hard. I'll admit, I get caught up in things sometimes, like our hot water broke <laughs> before this long weekend. And it's, you know, it's really tough. I had an ice cold shower, burn the shit up. Oh, blah, blah. you didn't hear that. <laughs> burn the crap out of me. And it, even then, as I was my skin was burning in that cold shower. I just, I had to remind myself, there's someone out there right now that doesn't now have access to a shower. But at the same time as recognizing that, I also had to recognize that I had to validate myself for the way I was feeling. I had to validate myself for the emotions that came up. For the memories of being a child and going in the ice cold water and you know people peer pressure you and it's like I don't want to do it like what is it called the polar bear dip you know it's, it's everything that can be seen as negative can be seen as a beautiful positive thing like I release so much stuff from my childhood just having that one shower <laughs> that it it makes you feel lighter and the best part about it as soon as you get out of the shower it's over it's not gonna happen again I mean, yeah, it could, but you don't have to put yourself through it. You've done it. As soon as you're out, you're done. I know in a TV show, it was a story, and one of the things in the, well, story. Yeah, it was kind of a story, a storyline um, about a rough experience and this one girl. So she was given this tedious task in one of those crazy situations of kidnapping, something along the lines of that. I'm not going to get too much into that. But so she was given this task. It was a very tiring, tedious task. She had to crank the lights. She didn't understand what it did, but she had to keep cranking the handle. And so in a scene, the girl asks her, you know, I always wanted to ask you, how did you keep going? And she said, I counted to 10 over and over again. And it makes sense because if you break it into just small amounts of time or even with exercising, right? 
they say 30 minutes a day. I do more than that. Uh, not lately yet. That's another story. <laughs> um, but you just break 30 into 5 or 10 minutes. If you walk 10 minutes three times a day, you got your 30 minutes. It's all about taking the big, scary things and breaking them down small. Whether it's doing a tedious task, whether it's exercising, whether it's, I don't know, what else? Taking an ice cold shower. <laughs> you just break it down smaller and smaller and once you get through it, you don't need to worry about it again. And that's the beauty. What's the beauty of it all? It's like that phrase. Take one step at a time. So my gift to you and everything that's going on in this podcast. Well, I gave you an update and gave you a little thought nugget to think about. (laughs) But I think the biggest takeaway, if anything at all, you take away from this episode is to question, but not in fear. Don't fear it. If you're at the point where you know if you ask yourself that question and it's going to make you feel bad, don't do it. Don't do it. Not yet. But ask yourself, If I died in five minutes, have I done enough? And it's not enough by anybody else's standards. It could just be, have I pet my dog today? Have I taken my dog for a walk? Have I told my family I love them? Have I hugged my wife? Have I hugged my husband? Have I called family anything? Have I told my children I love you? Have a great day at school? Even the smallest thing can make the biggest change. Because at the end of the day, as long as, oh, oh, sorry, (laughs) as long as you take that into awareness, and I think it really helps with the whole getting into the present moment. Because the present moment is what defines your future. We don't need to fear death. It's already predestined the way we die. It's really hard to say and really sad to say. But at the same time, it's not sad. It's a beautiful thing because if it's predestined and we don't know how it's going to happen, but it's already there, then everything you're doing right now is already predestined. All the things that you may feel like you're doing wrong. You got mad at someone or... You know, just all these things that you normally shame yourself for or be like, oh, I don't want to be like that. It's okay. Give yourself a break. Because at the end of the day, if you lead with your heart and you live each moment like you could die in the next five minutes, then that's what's important. That's how you build legacy. For me, I have been struggling to read my own tarot cards. But I've been watching readings on YouTube. 
I've been really enjoying them. And so there's this card called the Ten of Pentacles. It's known as a legacy card. So because it has the word pentacle, some readers will talk about it as money. Now, and sometimes when I watch those readings, I'm kind of, you know, not feeling the best. And if I hear that, I take a look at my life. And I'm like, I don't have a ton of pentacles. Are you kidding me? How the heck am I going to get there? You know? <laughs> but, well, I actually only just have this five, you could die in the next five minutes for the last two days. <laughs> um, so it's not something I normally practice, but I know today I watched your reading and I looked at it. Yeah, I had the same feeling of, well, I don't have the Ten of Pentacles. I, I don't have extra money. I have enough. But the word legacy. The way I view that is, what are you leaving the world behind with? Some of us don't even get to make this world long enough to have kids. It's not a bad thing. So I ask you, what do you, fee what do you view legacy? Is it your money? Is it the family you wish to have? I know it's scary and it's hard not to because we live in a world where you always have to plan. You can still plan, but just think, what legacy am I creating right here, right now? Is it something that I will feel proud of when I look back over my life? Or is it something that I may not be proud of? And you know what the most beautiful thing about being in the moment is? So right now, as I always say, I'm in my present moment, you're in your present moment as you're watching this. So as you're hearing me talk, I think I'm almost done with this episode. But I want you to think of one thing, one thing right now that you can do or you can say to yourself or you can say to someone else. You can call someone up. You can comment on somebody right now. Try to do at least one thing right now that if you died in the next five minutes, you'd be okay with it. Because the thing is, the past is the past. Sure, you're... I don't know what's in your life. I don't know what's happened in your life. I don't know what you've done. But don't think about it by what's happened in the past because those were all present moments. We're just like right now. You have a choice. You have a choice right now. And it all comes down to realizing that if you go back in time, those moments where you feel like you've done something wrong, or you feel like you've hurt someone. Yes, you could have. But if you really truly look back and you look not just at the situation, but at how you were feeling, yes, we all get controlled by our emotions sometimes, you know? And that 
that's my thing. Emotions aren't bad. But I find when people look back at things, even myself, I forget to look at how was I feeling. There's some things where I've yelled at a couple people, but when it's been happening, I felt trapped. I felt suffocated. So in turn, the choices I made were based off of the emotions, which was also based off of the situation. Whereas now, if I look at it, I feel calm, I feel relaxed. Would I make the same choice? Probably no. But I know more now than I did back then. So within this present moment, I thank you all for being here with me. I thank you all for just existing and willing to learn and to open your heart to all these beautiful possibilities. And I thank you. Goodbye.